Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, uh, LeBron James is listed as doubtful for Wednesday night's game, but I don't think he's going to play in this one and may not play in a few to follow. That's not good. Plus, if you're waiting around for the relationship for, between the Lakers and Jerry West to improve, keep waiting. We'll talk about that and much more on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. We get this thing up for you bright and early. And Andy, how much does it cost to listen to Locked On Lakers every single day of the week if you want? Zero. Nothing. Nada. Uh, so, yeah, we appreciate all the support. And I uh, want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your uh, app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Also, uh, make sure after you make us your free first listen that you make another locked on podcast your second free listen. Whole damn network is free to you. Mm -hmm. We recommend locked on Rams, but you can go all over the place. There is, I guarantee, something for you, all of them free of charge. Um, so uh, we'll get to this Jerry West story that Sam Amick wrote uh, at The Athletic today uh, that is fascinating on a few levels. Uh, to say the least, he and the Lakers are not seeing eye to eye these days. Um, also, we'll try to get to a couple of responses to our show for Tuesday about Frank Vogel and where he, how much blame he gets in the blame pie. A uh, few people had some responses to our show for that. We'll try to get to. But, Andy, let's start with LeBron James. Doubtful for tonight's game. Um, I don't think he's going to play in this one, and it's not looking good for the games that follow either. Uh, Frank Vogel, during Tuesday's practice, talked about this more in preventative terms um, in, in with regards to LeBron not playing in these games as opposed to something specific that they are worrying about or that they are concerned about damaging, making worse. I think it's more just the idea of this is going to be something that will be difficult for him to play through if it's continually aggravating him. Mm -hmm. So we have to make sure that we can make the rest of the season, however many games LeBron can play pain-free, relatively pain-free, as productive as possible and as many as possible. And if that means sacrificing a few off the top, so be it. They're looking at this bigger picture uh, for the play-in slash playoffs. And, and that, I mean, it's obviously, obviously the, the smart way to do it, but you know, we, you noted it on Monday show and Tuesday show, really. You know, This next, next stretch of games for the Lakers is important on a lot of levels, uh, in part because they're playing teams that are relatively in one way or another vulnerable, but also because you know when you look at Wednesday and Thursday, they're playing the team that's directly behind them in the standings in Portland and the team that's directly in front of them in the standings in the Clippers, and you know Wednesday and Thursday respectively. And you know you got to win those games if you want to have a chance to keep the Blazers safely behind you, so you don't have to worry about falling to the ten spot. Um, and then you know suddenly you know you're you're a little more worried about disaster striking. Uh, and the unthinkable happening, and you don't even finish in the top 10. Um, and if you want to be able to climb up to seven or eight and have at least a more advantageous spot in the play-in, well, you need to you need to beat the Clippers. And so 
Um, you know, it, it's not a great time for LeBron to be missing games. But I'll say this. If there's a silver lining to how bad the Lakers have been and how poorly this season has gone, being five games behind Dallas and Denver right now means that the Lakers don't really have any incentive to push in terms of you know making a big run to try to because the six is way better than seven, eight, nine, ten. But they're not going to get there. Even if LeBron came back, the idea that they could make up five games on those teams with 30 to play, it, it feels unrealistic. So at least they don't have to weigh that or you know pretend that it's a thing or feel pressure to try to push their way up the standings. They can play this thing out as 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 best they can and just try to get the best play-in seed they can with as healthy a team as possible. None of this is to say this. I, like, I realize, you know, if it's one game, you have a couple cracks at whatever it might be. Like, you you feel confident that a healthy LeBron and AD and Westbrook will push their way through a game against Portland or a game against Minnesota to get into the, the big boy playoffs or something like that. But you could also end up in a situation where, you know, Kawhi and Paul George have come back and you've got to play like a one-game playoff with the Clippers. By the way, it, after so many different years of talking about the hallway series in 2006, we were supposed to have it, but the Lakers ended up blowing that 3-1 lead um, to the Suns in the first round. There was the times where we, we were hoping that Kobe and Powell would face off against the Lop City Clippers. The, there's the most recent incarnations of the Lakers versus Kawhi and Paul George. We've been promised this so many times and it's never happened. We will know that the basketball gods are a bunch of sick mother bleepers if the first time we ever get anything Lakers-Clippers playoff adjacent is a play-in game. Mm-hmm. Like that that is basically the basketball gods going double middle fingers and laughing their asses off at the entire city of LA and basketball and I don't even know what we did to deserve this because this is an awesome basketball city. It's really I think the best basketball city in the country. Like Yes, you know, I don't know what we did to deserve this but we um, we you know people we talk about New York somebody upstairs. LA is the epicenter. I, I really genuinely believe that. I do too. Um, I, I we'll we'll move on here in a second though but I I I do think it's worth noting that my concern with LeBron isn't just based on this season. And no, I am concerned about this season and whether or not he can be healthy because he has to be the guy that he was for that stretch when AD was out and 30 points a night and playing like an MVP. He's got to be that guy. AD's got to be that guy. And we'll see what that's the only chance they have to advance in the playoffs. Um, and it's possible, but it ha- but with LeBron hurt, you're worried about it. This is also a bad sign for next year. And the Lakers are in a position where putting themselves out of a, you know, trying again to make it so LeBron doesn't have to do as much heavy lifting, trying again to fix that problem is going to be even harder this offseason than it was last offseason. It didn't work coming into this year. It hasn't worked since he got here. And LeBron is going to be less equipped next year to to carry a massive burden again. Like it's just it's it's not going to get better. I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff. He's like a normal basketball player now, but it's not going to get better. And the Lakers are going to are, are it's going to be harder for them to get help. 
Well, I mean, this really becomes doubly an issue because Anthony Davis is no given to stay on the court. If AD was a rock and you could really rely on that guy to be there for, say, 70 to 82 games a year, obviously missing LeBron is something that you're going to have to contend with. The, The entire offense is still, at the end of the day, built around LeBron running it. Mm-hmm. But if you have AD there as a mainstay, you know, game in, game out, and say what you will about Russ, uh, Russell Westbrook, but he has been reliable this season. He has been, in terms of availability, he is... Yeah, it's almost like a troll. He's almost it, it, trolling <laughs> Lakers fans with his hyper-availability. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, remember he was in COVID protocols for like 15 minutes. Yeah, And again, nope. that was kind of double middle fingers as the theme of this segment goes, but... Like it would, it would be something the Lakers would have to contend with, regardless. You know, this season, next season, mm-hmm. um, in terms of figuring that out. I know we're going to talk about that more at length in terms of the implications next segment. But it's really as much uh, an issue about Anthony Davis as it is LeBron himself. Yeah, um, a couple other things we're going to get into, like uh, a a very interesting nugget from Russell Westbrook today about. Uh, advice he got from Shaquille O'Neal. And Andy, I have a question for you as it relates to advice from Shaq. And then we'll dive into this Jerry West stuff because it says stuff about West. It says stuff about the Lakers. Uh, We'll do all that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Prize Picks. Laker fans, you've been hearing me tell you about Prize Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? If not, what the hell is the matter with you? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You're going to love this app for NBA and mixed sports pick them for a limited time. There's a no-brainer offer for all of you, for our listeners. Users get 50 bucks for free if a player in your first prize picks entries scores a single point. Like, just pick anybody that you know scores points at all. You're going to win this thing, but you got to use the code NBA. That's right. It's an exclusive offer available to locked-on fans only who use the code NBA. Prize picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. And this is really fun. Prize picks offers mixed sport entries. You could take like the over on Anthony Davis points combined with the over on Matthew Stafford completions in the Super Bowl. Again, Locked on Rams, recommend it. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Prize picks safe. They offer fast withdrawal. So go to prizepicks.com today. Use the promo code NBA or go to the App Store and download the app. If you're not playing prize picks, you don't know what you're missing. Hey, Andy, people think that unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that just means it's interesting. That's what these guys live for. We all have unique lives, whether you've invested in crypto for the first time this year or whether you own an up-and-coming small business or you're just raising rambunctious little children. All They got them all over your house. Um, TurboTax Live has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or really even just do your taxes, help you do that from start to finish. They get you every deduction you deserve, no matter what your unique situation is. And you can talk to a TurboTax Live expert through your phone or your computer without ever leaving your house. TurboTax Live experts are here to help you however you need it. And if you need an extra hand, hand off your taxes to them, and they'll just do it all for you. Uh, to TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. People, you do your thing. They've got your taxes into it. TurboTax Live. 
this was this was I thought very interesting from Russell Westbrook. He he received some advice, Andy, from Shaquille O'Neal of all people, well, Lakers legend, um, and uh, insurance salesman. That you know he needed to change some speeds. You know, kind of you know an outsider's view of watching Russ wasn't doing some of the things that made him so successful. He was asked Westbrook today was asked, you know, what have you changed? And you know, got back a little bit of my game. You you know changing my speeds, getting aggressive, doing little stuff. And he he, he he attributes some of that to Shaq. He said, when somebody like Shaq talks to you, you listen. Uh, you remember a few years ago, Andy, when Dwight Howard and Steve Nash were on the team. And mm-hmm. uh, the idea was Shaq, uh, the, the Dwight Howard and, and, and Steve Nash would be like the greatest pick and roll combo ever. Yeah. Because that's what they were really good at. Statistically, at the time, Steve Nash was the best pick and roll orchestrator in the game. And Dwight Howard was the best role man in the game. And for both of them, it was by a pretty wide indisputable margin. So uh, that was all scuttled when Shaq went on TNT and basically mocked uh, Dwight for not being a real center, like a pick and roll guy is not a real center. And Dwight took all of that to heart and refused to run pick and rolls basically uh, with Steve Nash. And that was the end of it, even before the injury. I have never seen, because, you know, Steve Nash is one of the renowned great teammates, not just in NBA history, but like in sports history. I remember being at a practice where Nash, as frustrated as I've ever seen him, just was like, yeah, Dwight won't do this. I don't know why, but he won't do it. just won't do it. Yeah. So Shaq broke Dwight in the it's going to be fun year. Yeah, it was leading up to that before. It wasn't just that year. There had been all the stuff about tugging on Superman's cape. And, you know, the, the, there had been a lot of beef leading up to sure, it. But the, but the like, final but he, stake was really put into Dwight's heart during that right. season. And it, it, right when he happened to get where the Lakers needed him, Shaq yes. essentially ruined him. Yes. Uh, does fixing Russ make up for destroying Dwight that many years ago? Did Shaq finally make up for that that act? No. Russell Westbrook was supposed to be this team's third superstar. Dwight Howard was supposed to be the dude that took the torch from Kobe Bryant in his prime, the next franchise face. So, no, this does not make up for it because the who was broken versus who was fixed, there's a huge gap in importance to this franchise. So no. <laughs> that was my Not even too. close. I was I was just wondering if maybe you had a, a better spin on it. No, Shaq really is one of the worst things he ever did in the Lakers. Was no, I mean, I, I, like if somehow, if somehow Shaq fixed AD, like was able to keep him on the court, <laughs> like 24, like maybe it, it would might. require like being his physical therapist or something like that. Then that yeah, that, right. that would make up for it. But um, this doesn't, no. All right, so let, well, let's let's start on the West thing, we'll, we'll, and then we'll we'll take a break, and then we'll come back to it. But um, if you missed it, Sam Amick, great writer at the Athletic, great NBA writer, um, has as part of their series on the seventy-five greatest players of all time, uh, he wrote the West piece. I believe coming in at like fourteen or something like that. So mm-hmm. kudos to Jerry for that. Um, but really, what this story is uh, is about both Wests sort of legendary dissatisfaction with everything. <laughs> I mean, just and you know, sort of legendarily 
hard on himself. Yes, he is. Um, it's it is both fascinating and very depressing. Oh, I find watch. it incredibly depressing. Um, it's like he 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 seems unable to find any joy in his in his career. We've had an opportunity to interview him a couple yeah. times each, and it's like it is not shtick. I mean, this is who the guy no. is, and um, you know, I, I find it very sad. Um, but the 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 thrust of this story really becomes a a one. It's about really about the 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 total non relationship and the bitterness that exists between. West and the Lakers. Um, that really becomes the 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 focus of this story, mostly because um as as Sam kind of relays it, this is where Jerry West went um with with the interview. Um I know things have been bad between West and the Lakers for a long time, but for a it, it's it's still jarring to see it kind of written out as starkly and, and, and to see it on a page as starkly um, for a, a, an organization, Andy, that celebrates history so much that, that makes the, the, its own history so much part of the experience of going to and being at a Laker game and being a Laker and all of this stuff to see this gigantic rift between arguably the most consequential Laker of all time yep. and, and the organization is very it's 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 got to be very upsetting for Lakers fans and certainly jarring for people who read about and talk about and cover the team. Yeah, I mean I I've always said for for a long time I think there are three choices for greatest Laker of all time. It's either Magic, it's Kobe or it's Jerry West. Those are your three even even somebody like Kareem I don't think ends up in that conversation because he's not a lifer and if you're looking to break ties over a lot of either trivial things, aesthetic things, you know, like basically just the little tiny margins, being a lifer is going to give you that edge. I think you mm -hmm. can make a better argument for Kareem as the greatest of all time than the greatest Laker of all time. But I think it's one of those three, and you can make a strong argument for any of those three. I don't think any of them are a wrong choice. It's, it's a feeling of incomplete, mm -hmm. when, when especially when you project ahead to just you know, when, when Jerry West is, you know, not with us anymore and there's going to be like those, those tributes and look backs, but you're going to know it's estranged right. and there's all, there's all right. these and, and Jerry, Jerry West is 83 years old. I mean, so, right. you know, what you're talking about is not, and the Lakers, right. like you say, when Jerry West eventually passes, the Lakers will do a tribute video and they'll, they'll do it the right way, but like, but you'll know you'll know it wasn't a good relationship unless they can repair it before it's done. Well, I mean, nobody knows all of the exacts on either side of this. And, you know, even in Sam's piece, he noted that there was a lot of specifics that West wouldn't go into in terms of like, mm -hmm. okay, this is why X happened or this is why Y happened. He's just telling you X happened, Y happened, and it pisses me off. You know, for example, West is still upset that or has expressed uh being upset that the Lakers did not bring him back to with an executive role after Mitch and Jim Buss were let go you know when they brought in Rob Palinka and Magic Johnson it was sort of widely no, expected that they would because he was out there and available and apparently wanted to do it yeah um 
and you know, there's there's stuff in there about you know we're going to get into more of the specifics of this, but like stuff about season tickets that apparently Doctor Bus had promised uh, Jerry West lifetime and mm-hmm. presumably you know on the arm on the house, and that those were last season uh, taken from the West family that uh, they were, they were informed they would no longer have those seats. Uh, Ryan West, his son, very uh, well-regarded in his own right, used to be a part of the Laker front office when Jerry West wasn't there. Um, and he, he's no longer there. It's certainly Jerry West's belief that, that their problems forced Ryan West out the door. Yeah. That, that comes through. Let's, let's, let's get into some of this stuff because I, I think it's not only is, are some of these details interesting, what this story reveals, I think, about the team and the way the team operates is also uh, kind of fascinating and also highly relevant to some of the other issues that we see um, uh, around the team, including how well they perform this year. We'll do all that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit, eating healthier, you want to make Built Bar part of that plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. It allows you to eat healthy without it getting boring. You know, you start looking for that chocolate. Guess what? Built Bars, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. That's the good stuff. A lot of great flavors to choose from, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, mint brownie, and down the line, always really cool, unique combinations coming out. You're going to want to try them all. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, Get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCKED15, 15% off at Built.com. It should be noted, Andy, that uh, in this story, Sam Amick, obviously, uh, at The Athletic, reached out to Jeannie Buss and the Lakers. They did not comment. So this is Jerry West's presentation of what went wrong in this relationship, and the Lakers chose not to comment. And I understand why. You don't necessarily want to get into a public argument with Jerry West, especially when your team is three games under 500, because you know what? You're probably not going to win. I get where they're coming from by not just not engaging. And, and, and so when you read this story, it should be read with the idea that, you know, look, Jerry West is a salty fellow um, that while I don't think he is a liar, I would not, I don't think that's who the guy is, you know, perception probably colors a lot of what he's he's talking about in the story and things like that. But like this, that you mentioned the tickets thing, Dr. Bus, uh, Jerry West has promised them lifetime season tickets. And, you know, they were uh, apparently revoked by text. Uh, he says they texted his wife and said, hell, by the way, your season tickets are no more. Um, maybe there's more to that story. Maybe there's not. Um, the idea that, you know, that they would revoke his season tickets at all is so sort of small um, and I'm like Jerry West, Jerry West can afford season tickets, I'm sure, and will never buy them because of the principle. Um, it, it, st- <laughs> like stuff like that, like you just wonder about generally. And, and I will say, like, setting aside Jerry West's own sort of psychology um, and individual personality quirks. The Lakers remain an incredibly insular organization. And it's ironically, the inability to kind of get along with one of their own drives home how insular they are. You kind of look around the organization and it's um Rob Palinka, you know, who's connected through Kobe. 
um, as the general manager. And they tried Magic Johnson. That didn't work. They are the only franchise on the planet that would let Kurt and Linda Rambis near that the levers of power that they have. That doesn't happen anywhere else, particularly with Kurt. Um, like they, you know, Frank Vogel's an outsider, and they won't commit to him. You know, I mean, they wouldn't commit to Ty Lue, outsider. Monty Williams, outsider. Like they wouldn't. You know, like I mean, it's, it's a Ty very, Lue isn't really an outsider. He played with the team. It's part of but, championship team. You're right. So, I mean, yeah. he shouldn't have been considered an outsider. It's funny, Brian, that you it's say just, that. It's, it's a really, it's a very insular organization. Still, well, they are. But you know, you had mentioned that they, you know, this is them fighting with one of their own. The truth is, they've always fought with their own. I mean, they, they've always been an insulated organization, and it's an organization that has always been marked by infighting. Like, I mean, when has there been a period with the Lakers where there have not been tons and tons of stories of infighting? I mean, mm -hmm. they're, they're run by a damn family, and half the family doesn't speak to each other. And, and I don't say <laughs> that to true. make I don't say that to make light of it. I'm just saying that is the situation. Like two of Jeannie Buss's brothers, they were attempting a coup, like an actual coup of ownership. Like the idea that they would be fighting with one of their own. My response to that is that's what the Lakers do. Like, it's just sort of their history. I, um, the tickets thing, I got to be honest, my first reaction to that wasn't even that's really petty by the Lakers. My first reaction was, can Jerry West, as an employee of different organizations, actually get season tickets from another organization from another for that's free? That's a good question. No, like, I hadn't thought about that. Jeannie and Phil Jackson, they were an engaged couple. Right. And when Phil was running the Knicks and Jeannie was you know, doing what Jeannie does with the organization, they were not allowed to talk about basketball. And they, they were an engaged couple. So like my first reaction was like, how can like that doesn't seem on the up and up that Jerry can even Jerry West can even get those tickets in the first place. No, uh, I, I mean, guess for, I, remove I, whatever. No, you're whatever. right. I, I assume I mean they must have been doing it while he was with Memphis, even so like. The arrangement goes back a long yeah, way. But tampering has become a much bigger thing. Like, I mean, look at look at some of the stuff that like Magic's gotten in trouble for. You know, no, talking right. about Paul you're George right. and you know, this this stuff. I mean, that was as as much as Magic should have known better, that was also Magic just screwing around on Jimmy Kimmel. I look at the way that they, 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 they are structurally, and we can we can quit after this. We'll try to get to some of the, the coaching responses about Vogel maybe uh, through the rest of the week. And you know when they're not there, the fans shouldn't be kind of you know angry at the bus family or you know trying to get Jeannie to sell the team. Like I see this around, like, you know, this is a good owner. Like she is a good owner of this team. She they they try very hard to win. Um, you know, there. I mean, I'm not saying they're perfect, but they try very hard to win. Year in and year out, I think they care a lot about winning. I, I go back and forth on whether or not actually a good owner wanting to win does not make you a good owner. No, but it's step one, and there are a lot of owners that don't care. Um, okay, look, I, I, I don't say this to be like if well, that somebody makes you else... a bad owner, that doesn't necessarily make somebody who cares a good owner. Fair, okay, fair point. What I mean by this is they are the at the very least you have an ownership group in LA who have a strong commitment to winning. Are they good at it? Depends on the year. Um, 
And if you said, we'll swap out the bus family for a better owner, <laughs> like, okay, fine. Like, this is not loyalty to Jeannie Buck. Might she actually just talk. be a wealthier owner, to be totally she honest. talk to us anymore. It's not like we have this, like, deep uh, uh, relationship that we're trying to preserve with the bus family. Um, all I'm saying is it could be a lot worse from an ownership standpoint. Um, and I give them credit for 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 wanting to, to, to make this team good. But I just, I, like you said, like, I wonder this is where the competent part comes in. Like how good at it are they? Um, how modern are they? And they've gotten better at some aspects of it. They use, you know, they, they, they brought in better training and they've done stuff like that. And they've sort of modernized aspects of that. And a lot of that actually does go to Rob Polenka. Um, But in other ways, they're still very provincial and very insulated. And I, there are times when that combined Andy with sort of the, family money aspect of this where the franchise is incredibly wealthy but the family is not necessarily um by ownership the, standards they are by wealthy ownership. by any normal standards correct where that butts into each other in 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 ways that do hold the team back um and uh that that's sort of what this story Reminding me, I am sure there's another side to this that you don't get from just hearing Jerry West, but that doesn't mean I'm wrong about some of the other concerns that I have. The, the, the last thought I had on this was just the idea of, you know, bringing back Jerry West in an executive role. We, mm -hmm. you know, we were talking before about how insulated the organization is, which is in part what led them to bringing in Magic Johnson and Rob Palinka. You know, the idea of two completely unproven guys to run the organization. Maybe one, maybe the other, but both was a pretty pretty bold move that reflects in part, among other things, how insulated you are. It creates like a catch-22 with bringing in Jerry West because on one hand, you could use a guy like Jerry West with those two. On the other hand, though, with somebody like Jerry West in particular, you only accentuate and, you know, I guess, perpetuate that cycle of insulation. And on top of it, given who Jerry West was with the organization to begin with, you undercut the idea that Rob Palinka is the ultimate decision maker in the organization, or even Magic Johnson is the ultimate decision maker in the organization. Right. Because if Jerry West is there, everybody is going to assume, no matter what Jerry West's role is, even if he's some type of made-up title consultant, Everybody is going to right. people assumed that Jerry West was the reason that the Lakers got the Pau Gasol deal. Jerry West wasn't even with the Grizzlies then, but they assumed that he managed to make that happen because yep. of who Jerry West is. So just this cycle of insulation can create a lot of different issues for the team. And it, it can cut in a lot of different directions. And I think I think you know the bitterness that West is clearly still feeling in terms of the way he was treated by the organization, you know, going back to when Phil Jackson kicked him out of the locker room mm -hmm. and ultimately the organization had to make a choice between Jerry West and Phil. They chose Phil, you know, there, there's a lot to this. There's a yeah, lot. And, and, more than just and, season tickets. Right. And, the, and of course, and the goal isn't to make Jerry West a martyr and, and the Lakers a villain. That's not, none of my point in any of this. Sure. Um, it's just, 
it is revealing uh, in ways that I found very interesting. It's it's worth the read. Sam Amick's story on The Athletic. Locked on Lakers. Again, thanks for making us your first listen of every single day, Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturdays and Sundays, depending on what's going on. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have more on the YouTube channel, more coming up this week. Important games Wednesday night versus Portland Thursday night against the Clippers. Lots to talk about on Locked on Lakers. We'll see everybody on Thursday.